yeah, for me, I'm very purpose driven and very impact driven. I, I think there's, you know, as a CEO, you're constantly balancing shareholder interest, employee interest, and customer interest. Those three are constantly uh, up for discussion and and important to you in your role and to the company. Welcome to the Joe Momo Presents podcast. This is the Calgary Leader Series. Let's start the show. I'm really excited to have my next guest on the podcast. He's the founder and CEO at a prop tech company here in Calgary, Modernizing Real Estate. Welcome to the podcast, Robert Price. Thanks for having me, Joe. Great to be here. Absolutely. Let's just jump right into it. How about you let the listeners know who you are and uh, what you do? Yeah. So I founded, as you mentioned, a company uh, that is a two-sided marketplace and the ability to buy and sell property completely online without an agent. And so we uh, we put that business together about two and a half years ago now. We're live across Western Canada and we've done a... The big picture is that we believe that homeowners in Canada are smart and when they're empowered with the data, with the tools with all the online conveniences, they're able to buy and sell property easily online. And so, and then of course, on top of that, save tens of thousands of dollars of their hard-earned money. So that's that's the uh, ethos of what we put together. That's awesome. It sounds like you guys are empowering everybody to buy and sell their, their home. Yeah, really the empowerment side of it is one of our passions. Uh, because the the way that the model has worked traditionally has been very much two sided and two agents in both are in the in the transaction. So a buy side agent and a sell side agent. This is true of the U.S. as well, but in many countries around the world, there's only one agent on the sell side. When two agents are talking to each other, often that turns into uh, a very inefficient process. Information is going in all kinds of different directions. The buy side agent is telling their buyer something, the sell side agent is telling you something. So you end up really not have feeling like you have the control or the transparency. The, ultimately, as you say, the empowerment to make the decisions that you want to make with the information and the overall authority that you'd want on a transaction of this magnitude of which for many Canadians, you know, we have about half our net worth tied up in homes for those of us that own homes. So it's a big number. We're not talking about a small, small piece of the puzzle in our financial lives either. So that's that's a big part of what we want to do is to elevate and modernize and make much more efficient that whole experience. Absolutely. I love when processes are more streamlined and efficient and sounds like you guys are doing just that. I actually saw you guys won the uh, Top 15 Innovator Award in 2020. Before we jump into all the accolades and all the great things you were do, you guys are doing. Um, how did you get to your current role uh, today? Yeah, before so my previous career was uh, in fiber optics, so a telecom disruptor, kind of a similar let's say market. Took a lot of inspiration from the company called Axia, and have applied it here at Bode. And and the the model there was very much saying people fiber is infrastructure. If you treat fiber as a commodity, then everybody should have access to it on equal terms and have, if you have fiber optics, of course, you have the 
the true high performance and connection to the global auction market, as we call it, or the cloud, as it's now known today. Um, so that was that was very much our, uh, you know, a small business in the context of going head to head with the four big telecom and cable co's in Canada, but really saying instead of having the old baggage of a you know a copper wire for a phone call, which is what it was ultimately. Uh, originally intended to do, or a coax cable for one-way broadcast TV, we went all the way to fiber and fiber to every premise, and we did it internationally with that mindset of if you have that connection, everybody should be able to leverage it. It's like water. It's like electricity. There should be no limitations. Uh, so we applied a business model to a technology that is highly, we call future-proof, and that whole mentality we took to Bode and said, in a similar way, all the ways that we right now can't control or don't have the ability to uh, efficiently deal with other parties or get access to the data, democratizing the important aspects of home ownership, we can do that with technology. That's where technology is really powerful. Um, so that was that was a really good 10 years of my career, um, I was excited to jump into a more software-based business uh, because software is a lot of fun. You can do anything with it. So it makes it makes it really both challenging, but also extremely fun at the same time. Absolutely. I love that you say uh, software is unlimited possibilities with software. You, just, you could scale it to however you want to, wherever you want to take it. You'd mentioned challenges and you also mentioned that you guys started a few years ago and obviously that startup phase and kind of growing pains and all that. But uh, how do you build resilience in times of challenge? Obviously for every, pretty much all of us, that was a once in a lifetime event we went through during the pandemic. I would say it was in some ways uh, completely, in a completely lucky way, it was helpful to us because now for the market, they had to go or wanted to go and look at online options because you can no longer have an agent in your house or go to coffees or you know share a car. So instantly, a, a lot of Canadians were looking for an alternative approach. So that certainly helped us gain some more awareness from a market perspective. I think the flip side of that is from a team standpoint, you're continuously sorting out how you, you how you kind of work together even though we were founded in a like we started as a distributed model all online you know working out of our homes before the pandemic we were used to it but i th i think you know as a company grows as you add people as you add team the ability to have more complex conversations whiteboard out solutions you know have the bigger picture dialogue that's a difficult thing on video or on chat um, so, so that was more challenging on the operational side, but I think to answer your question more directly, I think it's perseverance, uh, above everything else. And also in a new company, you have amazing highs and really low lows. So it's that stabilized, at least from my perspective and in my role, staying, staying even keel and not getting, not getting too crazy one way or another. Uh, when you're really passionate about something as we are, it's a bit of a sports analogy, right? If you're, if you're the athlete that's continuously, you know, in, in, in each play to the next player, each goal that's scored, you're, 
losing your mind or you're or you're losing your mind one way or another, positively <laughs> or negatively, you're going to end up not winning as many games. So I think that's always true, but particularly in these in these kind of unprecedented uh, global times that we're in, I think that is a key thing. And excited to be on the other side of it and now spending more time together as a team because we can, that turns into a more fun environment. You'd mentioned the highs and lows, um, trying to stay even keel, uh, but I'm just curious, what what is your definition of success or highs? <laughs> yeah, for me, I'm very purpose-driven and very impact-driven. I I think there's, you know, as a CEO, you're constantly balancing shareholder interests, employee interests, and customer interests. Those three are constantly uh, up for discussion and and important to you in your role and to the company. So, but to me, the number one thing to focus on is customer value. If you if you deliver an amazing customer experience then your everything knocks on in a positive way. It's fun to work at the company if your customers love you. You know, more customers tell other other friends and family that they had an amazing experience, so the network effects kick in. And then as your company grows, of course the financial side of that comes along. Uh, but for me, the biggest me personally, the biggest thing is it's so fun to win as a team. It's so fun to have a have a true impact on an industry that quite frankly desperately needs modernization and so we've we've made some great first steps towards that uh, but long term you know we have international goals and believe that this industry can benefit not only homeowners but also agents and uh, the other aspects commercial real estate we work with home builders as well and developers are some great customers of ours, but elevating and making Canada a more competitive marketplace and a more efficient marketplace is a really critical home affordability topic. And it's a really critical economic topic. And to be able to impact those key topics that truly do have a big, uh, a big influence on people's lives, that's what's most exciting to me. Mm. You'd mentioned making Canada more competitive or uh, a better place to live, um, but perhaps let's niche it down to Calgary. Uh, I'm just curious from your perspective, how has Calgary changed from when you uh, first started uh, to now? Yeah, I'm born and raised Calgarian. So I've only, I've lived here my whole life and I went to school in California for four years, but other than that, I've been here. So when I was, uh, when I was growing up, it was a city of whatever, 400,000 people. And it felt like a tenth of the number of lights. It took, it felt like it took <laughs> five minutes, five minutes to get everywhere. It felt, it felt very much energy and I say commodities driven, amazing people, amazing, amazing, like actual energy and culture here for business and for various you know, being part of a, of a really cool community. Um, so I think, you know, fast forward, whatever, 20 plus years now that now we're at 1.5 million, mm -hmm. basically tripled in size, being part of the tech side of our economy that is now becoming exciting and has been for the last couple of years. 
to me is something that I've always been, I've always really wanted to have happen because I think there's so much talent in this city and often we have been overly reliant on the boom bust cycle of our commodities and I think there's there's so much opportunity to build more diversification to bring our talents into all these other global industries and then export and ultimately sell, you know, headquartered here, but sell our services globally. Um, I think that's a really exciting prospect on the business side. On the personal side, I my my have a big family. Much of my extended family is here as well, and and a lot of friends. And it's a amazing place to to live. With all the amenities that we have, I love the mountains. I love. You know, I like winter. I like skiing. I like, I like hockey. I also love the summer. I like the seasons. I learned that when I was in California. But if you don't like the winter, you shouldn't live here. That's kind of my theory. But I think, but I think overall, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> I like that uh, theory. Although sometimes when it gets to minus thirty, I it gets me a little uh, doubtful of that. <laughs> like yep. in the winter, it can get pretty. Yeah. Well, we now have. Not to make this about weather, but we it felt like growing up it was always it was minus twenty for five months, like that's what it felt like, and I feel like today it's minus twenty five for two weeks, and the rest of it is kind of you know minus five pretty pretty reasonable only if you again primarily <laughs> if you like you like skiing, you like hiking, you like all the winter stuff. Right. Yeah. Thank goodness for the Chinook winds too. So those are always a lifesaver. <laughs> um, I only have a few more questions here for you, Robert. Um, what's maybe one question that you never get asked that you wish you would be asked? One question I never get asked. That is a great question. I think, I think there is the, the curiosity is it's one thing that we see is in the, in a, in an industry that's operated more or less the same for the last hundred years, you want people to be naturally curious about thinking differently. And so I've, you know, in my, in my couple of years at this, I've probably had two to 3000 one-on-one conversations with people. And there's so much energy around and excitement around what we're doing. And you really feel that in a conversation, what I would like people to be, more curious about as Canadians is thinking is finding alternative ways and thinking differently um, to maximize their potential in, in whatever they're doing that in you know in our business it's what are the different ways to think when you're thinking about buying or selling a property how do you how do you if you're experiencing pain with the expense and the experience of the traditional way then how do you how do you manifest that into putting some energy into into finding a really competitive or really different way of doing business? It's something Americans are really good at. Americans are good at getting on that new trend, you know, really pushing it, the virality of of thinking that way. And I think Canadians were were slight were slower in that respect. Um, we ultimately do come around, but they're typically ahead of us in terms of, say, tech adoption as an overall premise. Um, so I would like more people to be asking how how should we think differently if we're experiencing pain, not just 
go with the old thing because that's what you've always done. Absolutely. Essentially be adaptable and innovate where you can. <laughs> that's the theme of the theme of the podcast. Um, what's maybe something that you're proud of that we haven't touched on in the interview so far? Well, I think we are, we're really proud about the growth that we've seen. I would say the ability for us to handle and manage through these different phases of the company. It's, it's always, you hear it from other entrepreneurs, you're talking to entrepreneurs all the time. You go through these ups and downs and the ability for the founders, I'm one of four founders to continuously find ways to you know, bring different perspectives to the table, to never complain about the work, never, never complain about having to do a weekend or multiple weekends or sometimes months in a row of work to finding, finding and being accepting of change and kind of going through all of that as a team. You know, there, there's not a lot of companies we're one of one of a few companies in you know in the in the bigger picture that launched right before a pandemic and to go to navigate through all of that with all the personal stress and uncertainty that's going on and still hold the hold the team together and, and the leadership team together and also have fun while we do it i think that's that's one thing that we don't we don't often publicly talk about i think it's also really fun to to work together with the particular group that we have like that's at the end of the day it's the culture is more critical than the strategy and so we're continuously finding ways to have fun together and and make sure that we've got an awesome open collaborative environment because um, that's at at the very you know at the end it's it's the big factor. It's the amazing customer value and, and feedback and approach or their overall happiness. And then it's how much fun as a team was it to work with them and, and build a truly impactful purpose-driven company. Absolutely. Going back to the sports analogy, teamwork makes the dream work. Um, <laughs> Uh, what's maybe a key piece of advice you'd give to all the entrepreneurs listening um, from a successful entrepreneur yourself? I think, well, I'm continuously working on it myself. I think for me, it's continuous improvement. It's never feel like you're like you've made it. Never feel like you stopped learning. Never feel like as you get to these milestones that that's that's kind of it. I think it's it's very easy for for the mode that we're in to always chase the next thing and so that that's that's fair but it's it's kind of a combination of living in the present enjoying what you're doing even if it is really challenging at times and make sure that you are in this headspace of what is the next how do we continuously improve versus feeling like there is these these stop gaps or these points in time where you've worked really hard to get to that next level and then expect that that is all that you're kind of in it for or that you kind of hit a, a wall from that perspective. So I think it's that fluidity, that, that mentality you see in the world's most successful people in any domain is 
a passion for continuously improving, you know, be proud, but never satisfied. And that whole attitude, you know, for me, the, the number one thing is you can control your attitude and your effort, but you, everything else is, is really literally not in your control. So if you maximize those two things, you'll get the absolute best out of yourself, out of your team, out of your opportunity. I love that. It's a great way to end the interview. Um, where can our listeners connect with you online? I'm uh, LinkedIn's great. I'm, I'm often available there. So hit me up there. Awesome. It's been a pleasure having you on the podcast, Robert. Um, I love to end our interview with one last question. What does being a leader or leadership mean to you? Well, that's, that's like a two hour question. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta sum it up in a tweet size length uh, statement. <laughs> that's the hard, that's the hard part. I, well, I, I, I really love, you know, to me, the leader is only good as good as their team. And often as people that are, managers and and manage people often i don't think anybody likes to be managed i think people like to be led and but the more power you have as a leader the more you should give it back to your team because then they will they will find their uh ultimate goal and you'll find and work together and and get them to their maximum professional potential which can be within your company or beyond so I just think it's always about the team kicking ass and nobody, there's no CEO in the world that has been successful only on their own. And it always comes back, back to the quality of your team. So you should never, you should always think that way and, and operate and lead that way. In my opinion. Awesome. Mindset of a true leader. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Joe. It was awesome. Hi, I'm Robert Price, and you're listening to Joe Momo Presents. Thanks again for watching the Joe Momo Presents podcast. For more episodes, check out joemomo.com slash podcasts. All right, see you next time.